in the previous episode we discussed the introduction of different systems of money mainly the bartering system and the um you know metal coins um system of exchange and um we talked briefly on the gold standard that was introduced um you know during the turkish era and um, the roman empire uh, well silver was actually introduced um during the roman empire but again Today we'll be talking about PayPal money and we'll be talking about um, how money has progressed um, during um, this genealogy of time, during the Haiti um, genealogy of time. Now in 118 BC, the Chinese issued the first um, leather bank note. Um, it was made out of, um, you know, a deer skin, it's whitish and um, its edges were painted with bright color. So the first um, PayPal or let me say the first legal tender that was in form of uh, that that was paper-like, uh, like our present system of um, exchange, uh, was the first um, leather banknote issued by the Chinese. Now these banknotes were used to exchange for goods. It was um, a symbol of down payment. It was a symbol of you know collateral. It represented the full range and the entire um, system of financial exchange in the then um, Chinese Empire. Now around 700 to 1100 AD, paper notes appeared in the 7th century. Now this was during the Tang Dynasty in China. Again, the widespread use was prevalent much more later but then um, there was copper shortage and you know this led them to start developing the paper system of money. That was around the um, 7th century in Tang Dynasty. Around 1290 AD, um, an European explorer, Marco Polo, was amazed by Chinese paper currency and, you know, he wrote a book on it, The Travels of Marco Polo. You can try to get it online if you can, or order for it on, on, on Amazon. Now, some historians actually credited him for introducing paper money into Europe. Now, around 1661 AD, the first European banknotes were printed in Sweden. So the first European banknotes, the first paper money, the first uh, paper system of tender was printed in Sweden by Stockholm's Banco. Stockholm's Banco. Now it was redeemed against their stated amount of silver and you know it was held by the bank. But, but then uh, the bank started issuing more paper notes than it could afford. You know the paper notes then was dependent on the silver, um, on, on the silver standard. But the bank started printing a lot of money and it could no longer support that system of money with the, uh, you know, silver standard. So uh, around 1668, the bank collapsed. The Stockholm's bank collapsed because they could no longer, you know, keep up with um, the silver standard. Now around 1800 AD, um, gold standard was introduced and um, they saw the advantage of the gold standard because it combined the advantages of paper money along with um, you know, the use of coins. So the gold standard was um, officially inaugurated in England and um, you know, it was every paper money printed in England was fully backed by gold. That was 44 years after the initial introduction of the gold standard. The gold standard was introduced in 1800 AD but the um, full-scale implementation in England was around 1844 AD. Now around 1879 AD, gold became the United States official standard of value too. So it took 
um, approximately uh, or well over 30 years for you know the gold standard to uh, move into the United States as the official benchmark for paper money and then Americans were able to trade in um, one dollar um, for one ounce of gold and like that but then in 1933 AD that was you know not so long recently in 1933 the united states of america was crippled by the effect of the great depression and these um forced them to abandon the gold standard so the government will be able to print more money to pump more money into the economy in order to stimulate and to speed up recovery but then other countries followed suit and you know all of them began to drop the gold standard and you know gold was um, gradually phased out of every other economy of the world but now the more recent credit card system was actually introduced in 1946 i know it started when john bacon's um, who happened to be a banker in brooklyn um issued a customer the credit card system and the customer actually used it to you know buy something in the supermarket and that purchase was forwarded to the bank and you know the bank paid the merchant so john bacon the banker actually gave a customer and the customer used to buy something in the supermarket and you know the supermarket contacted the bank and the bank actually transferred or moved the money to the um you know supermarket for payment so that was the first um system of the credit card that was the first um mode of deployment um, for the credit card system but then in 1950 AD the Diners Club released um, you know its own credit card the Diners Club is actually a restaurant is a chain a franchise of restaurant and you know people started paying for dinners in the Diners Club you know with their credit card system over 20 restaurants in New York you know they started using the credit card system and nobody uh, saw any need to tender cash again um, around 1950 AD. Now, around 1958 AD, um, the credit card was, you know, eventually deployed on a mega scale by the Bank of America. The Bank of America is still very much existing. It's one of the greatest banks in the world. But you know, federal regulations limited its use, and uh, the use of the credit card system was mostly um, affected um, in the state of California. But at the same time, the American Express launched their first card and it was accepted nationwide and even worldwide so the largest deployment of the credit card system was by uh, you know the american express around 1970 ad the magnetic strip was introduced and this allowed for personal information and financial information to be easily decoded by a machine i know this brought uh, a breakthrough into the credit card system even as we entered the information age but then 20 years later, that was 1990 AD, the chip technology was finally introduced and this allowed large amounts of information to be stored and you know for quicker verification processes to occur at um, POS terminals, that point of sales terminals. But it was around this time that the MasterCard company also developed the system you know to allow for chips to be operated globally. But then in 1994 AD, the advent of the uh, World Wide Web server gave birth to uh, an online shopping ecosystem. So, you know, people were able to actually use the MasterCard 
payment system to you know pay for goods internationally and you know one of the first instances of an online purchase was uh, pepperoni pizza from pizza hut in 1997 now european banks began to offer you know mobile banking with primitive versions of smartphone that was the earliest version of smartphone then you know banks started seeing the need for the introduction of mobile banking systems and mobile commerce services were introduced also by coca-cola you know coca-cola actually set up these vending machines that could accept payment with text messages so it texted them uh you know with your payment information and you know uh coca-cola you know accepted this that was the earliest form of services so you could simply transfer the cash you know when you are the coca-cola vending machine to coca-cola itself now in 1998 ad paypal was finally founded in california you know this allowed members to leverage the use of the internet to make payments and transfer money now you don't need credit card systems to even transfer money again all you needed was an email and paypal was actually a very huge success because now you actually don't need to remember your credit card details to make payment again all you needed was your email and this system was implemented on many online shopping websites and it was a mega success in 2002 ebay actually acquired uh, you know paypal for 1.5 billion dollars and it was one of the largest acquisitions then but just when we thought that was all about the financial industry and you know we've got into the peak of innovation there was the massive introduction of cryptocurrencies and it all started in 2008 you know when an entity an anonymous entity known as satoshi nakamoto posted a paper you know titled bitcoin a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system now the first bitcoins were mined by computers performing complex mathematical equations and were recorded in a public distributed ledger called the blockchain now the appeal of this virtual currency uh, you know was in the promise of lower transaction fees compared to traditional online payment mechanisms and due to the fact that it operated in a decentralized manner the word decentralized means that there is no uh, you know capital system of maintaining some sort of control on the uh, you know way money is moved and the way the cash is regulated but then in 2012 another cryptocurrency was introduced and is known as the ripple and you know the goal of the ripple is to create a secure instant nearly free global financial transaction i have used ripple so many times to transform on internationally and the transaction fee is almost zero it's really cheap now ripple supports uh token fiat currencies and you know commodities or any other unit of value but then in 2015 ethereum was introduced and you know it was based on a similar architecture as bitcoins but the difference is you know this was a distributed computing platform and um the person that launched it is much more obvious uh vital link now ethereum is actually used as a platform for decentralized applications you know such as decentralized autonomous organizations and um smart contracts also uh, in 2016 you know bitcoins and blockchain related technologies started gaining uh traction worldwide and you know uh, bitcoin started increasing in value a lot of other cryptocurrencies were introduced and you know this this led to what we call uh, the digital currency evolution currently there are there are well over 
uh, I think well over 100 cryptocurrencies on different exchange sites. There is um, Ripple, there is uh, Binance Coin, there, there are so many coins, there's Link, uh, there's so many of them and you know the, the advantages of cryptocurrencies over other systems of money is firstly that cryptocurrencies are decentralized. You know, there is no, for example, PayPal money is regulated by the central bank but you know cryptocurrencies are not regulated by any financial institution is regulated by the market you understand so that's the advantage the prime advantage of cryptocurrencies but then there are some cryptocurrencies that are really advantageous in the area of you know international transactions if you want to pay with the normal typical uh, system of payment using your credit card you'll be paying uh, i think about 1.4 percent charge on every online transaction you make depending on the payment platform you're using sometimes you you know pay as much as 2.5 percent but with ripple the price is mostly constant i think the price for international transactions any sort of transactions with ripple is i think 0.0012 ripple and that's no it's 0.12 ripple and that's really really small that's less than 20 nigerian error and you know in the nearest future we are going to be seeing a lot of activities in this domain and that is why i am dedicating a bonus episode to talk about the future of money the previous two episodes including this one has talked about the history of money how money came down you know from the early uh, start of human civilization down to this present age and uh, my next episode which will be a bonus episode actually will talk about what we are expected to see in the next 10 years in the next five years in the domain uh, of the you know financial industry thank you very much see you in my next episode